So let's start with a story. <laughs> when I finished my, finished my university degree, I'm a teacher, I got a phone call that I had got a job in Fife. Um, now, most people, when they get a job, they think, wow, that's exciting, and there may be some general anticipation. But for me, I was utterly petrified. Not just about the job, but I was going to have to drive. <laughs> I was going to have to drive. Now, from Edinburgh to Fife, my daily commute... <laughs> My daily commute would involve fast roads, roundabouts, and right turns, which for me I tried to avoid for most of my life. Um, my husband, on the other hand, was a bit ignorant to the depth of my fear of driving. If you know my husband, his passion for cars <laughs> runs very deep. And this made his day that we would have to get a car because I was going to have to drive to Fife. So he spent many hours researching what second-hand car we were going to get and what deal we could get and trying to get the best deal. And here was the car. So we went to collect the car and I drove it out of the garage. And I actually had to pull over. <laughs> I had a crisis. And I remember just being crippled by fear. And I remember saying to Sandy, but Sandy, you just don't know what's going to happen on the road. Anything could happen on that road. And Sandy looked at me. He held my hand very kindly. And he said, Hannah, no matter what. And I thought, he's going to say, bash the car in, chuck it upside down. It doesn't matter as long as you're fine. He went, Hannah, no matter what, we're fully insured. <laughs> now, fortunately, through sheer patience and a miracle, Sandy sat with me in the car and I practiced driving and eventually started commuting to Fife. However, when I was writing this preach, I remembered this story because really I was asking Sandy a question he couldn't answer. I was saying, you just don't know what's going to happen. How do I know? I was asking him, really, how can I drive on a road that's so unpredictable? Or even deeper still, how can I live my life in an uncertain future? Now, the writer of Hebrews was tackling the same issue. The Hebrews were facing persecution, imminent death, plundering of their homes, and they were asking this question, how can I live my life in an uncertain future? The writer of Hebrews was calling them to have faith. He challenged, the writer of Hebrews was challenging us to have faith, giving examples of ordinary men and women living extraordinary lives of faith in uncertain futures. So one of those people was Abraham, and we're going to look at him today. So let's look at the passage. It's Hebrews 11, verse 8 to 10, if you have your Bibles. And then we're going to read verse 12 as well. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, 
living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then later on, therefore from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So there's loads of points in this passage we could look at. However, I'm going to look at three. (laughs) Faith is believing God. Believing God. Faith is letting go of trusting life circumstances. And the third point, God is your helper. So let's look at the first point. Faith is believing God. Simples. (laughs) Christianity can be really complex. It can be really enriching. It can be deep. It can have many layers. And it can be really simple as well. Faith is believing God and acting on it. Believing him in what he says about himself. Believing him in what he says about you. And when he speaks acting on it. Abraham didn't just dump everything and leave just because he was a little bit of a nutter or he was a millennial going through a minimalistic phase or a baby boomer in a midlife crisis. He was happy and he was successful in his homeland. But God spoke, Abraham believed him and he acted on it. So he picked up everything he owned He took his family and he walked into the land. Faith is believing God. If you're a Christian here, perhaps your first step of faith was when you believed in him for the first time. That he died on the cross for your sins. We were hearing about this today. That he took your punishment for your transgressions. That is faith. You believed God. We believe him and what he says about himself. We believe he's a healer. We believe he is a great counselor. We believe he is a faithful friend. We believe he's merciful, full of grace, our redeemer, our deliverer, our savior, our father. That's what we believe about him. As Christians, We believe in him and who he says we are. We we believe we are beloved. We're sons and daughters. We believe we're a royal priesthood. New creations. Set free. Now called righteous. We believe we're no longer slaves. We are loved. And when he speaks, we believe him and we act on it. So faith simply is believing God. Second point. Faith is letting go of trusting life circumstances. The problem with faith, believing God, is sometimes you have to let go of trusting in other things. In order to have faith in God for something, you have to let go of trusting in earthly things. Now, Abraham was in an advantageous kind of set of life circumstances. He was wealthy, 
He was well known. He had roots, <laughs> a family. He was, he was a success. His life circumstances were set. All his ducks were in a row. But Abraham decided not to be ruled by successful life circumstances. When Abraham got up, he moved his family and went into the land and he just didn't know where he was going. I love that phrase. He didn't know where he was going. There's so many times in my life I don't know where I am going, including on the road. But he, <laughs> he didn't know where he was going, but he trusted in God, not in his life circumstance. Don't get me wrong here. It's good to love your family and to honour your uh, bosses and to work well. As long as you're not putting your tr faith and hope into these things. Your family, your job, your position in life, your health, your house. All these things can become areas easily that you end up putting your faith in instead of God. When Abraham got um, Abraham got to the promised land. He lived in a tent, it says in that Hebrews passage. So he didn't even see what was promised, but he kept believing God. What circumstances are you putting your hope in? It's so easy to do. When I put my hope in circumstances, I often find myself becoming anxious, extremely anxious, <laughs> hedging my bets, stressing, my world revolves around straining to see my future. <laughs> and it's a nightmare making decisions. I remember my poor parents when I was trying to decide what university to go to. It took me at least three weeks of toing and froing. And in the end, they just said, just let her be. She's making a decision. <laughs> It'll take hours and hours. But I was straining to see into my future. It's a bit of a relentless conveyor belt. When you get one life circumstance, you move on to longing for the next one. And they can never truly fulfill the longings in your heart for peace and hope. Later on, you might find circumstances don't fulfill or they go wrong. And often our reactions can become fearful. I won't risk anything. I won't put my heart in anything. I won't invest. I won't drive the car. <laughs> Abraham chose not to live this exhausting way of life, either to put his hope in life circumstances or to become fearful of them. He believed God instead. He took himself out of that advantageous position and risked everything in faith. Now, this is where we could sit in awe of Abraham and could be like, wow. I think it was actually a relief for him to do this. To entrust everything to God, to let go completely, to release responsibility of arranging and rearranging your life circumstances can actually be the most incredible relief. Circumstances are external. Faith is internal. When you become a Christian, it's a transformation from the inside out. Trusting God first brings utter peace, which translates into every situation. I often describe the moment when I trusted God for everything and put my trust in him. It was like a breath of fresh air. 
It's such a relief to your soul, every fiber of your being. It's what you were made to do, to lean on your Father, God in heaven, for everything. To trust in him, the eternal, faithful, ever-loving God, for everything. When that happens, it's like a breath of fresh air. It was what you were made to do. I think for Abraham, it was a relief to trust in God fully. It was a risk, but it was a relief for him. In John 14 verse 1, it says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Third point, God is our helper. When I got this scripture, I was a bit like, oh man, Abraham. (laughs) He's like the genius of faith. The dude who I'm like, oh, maybe I could be like the other guys, perhaps. But Abraham, I could never be like him. (laughs) But actually, I was so struck when I read his story again in Genesis. I was struck by how much God helped him become a man of faith. How much Abraham actually struggled. He's known to be this amazing man of faith. But in the Bible, all his struggles are there. But often we remember him and he was, we remember him as this man of faith. But there were some real struggles he walked through in faith in Genesis. How much Abraham struggled and how many faith wobbles he had. But what struck me most was how amazing our Father God helped him. How he walked with Abraham. How he encouraged him. How he stood by him, even in the faith wobbles. We're going to look at one of Abraham's faith wobbles, but we're mainly going to look at how God helped Abraham through this. So in Genesis 15, I'm just going to paraphrase it because it's very long. Um, It's a bit of an awkward spot for Abraham. So as we said earlier, he'd picked up all his stuff, his family, his life. He moved into the land in faith. He made an incredible step of faith. And God had promised him that he would have a son through his aging wife, Sarah. And here he was waiting for this promise and nothing was happening. Month after month, nothing was happening. God had promised him descendants that would fill the earth. And yet his wife was not pregnant yet. Here he was struggling and waiting for that promise. I promise you, he had faith wobbles (laughs) like us, and he was stressed. Perhaps he's more like us than we think. Let's look at how God tenderly responds to Abraham's faith wobble. In Genesis 15, verse 1, the first thing he says is, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. God says, 
I am your shield. He's actually Abraham's shield. He uses the visual image. I'm an art teacher, so I love anything visual like that. He uses the shield. He explains to Abraham, I am your shield. It's such a personal response, such a tender-hearted response, and so undeserved. I kind of think, you know, as a teacher, you know, if I was God, I'd given out the worksheet, I'd done the PowerPoint, I'd set the deadline, I'd explained it, I'd been there three times, I'd phoned the parents, and surely it's got through now. Perhaps I would have been a little less patient with Abraham, but God is so patient, so kind in how he responds to Abraham. I encourage you to read the story and look at how God speaks to Abraham. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am your shield, your great reward. Abraham faced this unpredictable future. God was his helper there in the low points, encouraging him. God was there in the extraordinary act of faith of moving out and he was there in the low point when he was struggling. Now later Abraham, and we'll learn, we've been looking at Abraham um, a lot, we learn that he is rewarded with a son. But in that waiting, I wanted to make the point that God is your helper. He's your helper. Don't forget the amazing, tender-hearted, kind God who walked with Abraham in his walk of faith, who made Abraham a legend of faith. He is your God too. And we've been learning today about how deep his love is for you. God is your helper when you step out of faith and even when you struggle. When I was younger... I remember going to a meeting at my local church in Newcastle. I was praying during the worship and I felt my ears tingle. And sometimes God speaks in in interesting ways. And I felt my ears tingle and I just felt faith. And I ran to the front and I prophesied and I said, I just feel God's going to heal somebody in this room of both their ears um, today. And as I said that, I suddenly realized what I was saying. (laughs) There was no deaf people in the room. I'd never seen a deaf person healed. I'd heard stories, but I'd never seen a deaf person healed. I was in a Christian meeting. And as I opened my mouth, I suddenly realized what I'd said. And I had a complete and utter, you know, do you ever have that moment where you think, you idiot, what were you thinking? Maybe you should have just said one ear, not both. I mean, oh, and my heart sank. And I thought, well, I'll just, and I just went and sat at the back of the room. And, and you know when sometimes a meeting's getting to the end and it awkwardly finishes and moves on, and I thought, oh, what have I done? So I, I sat at the back and then eventually I was so mortified, I... I scooted off to the kitchen and surprised the practical team worker by insisting on washing up all the plates. (laughs) Even though we had a dishwasher, I was going to wash up every plate. I'm not kidding. I missed the whole meeting and I stayed in the kitchen washing the plates, much to this practical team leader's 
confusion and puzzlement. And I just stayed at the sink. I was so embarrassed washing. (laughs) Uh, So the meeting went on and they started to clear up. And it got to the stage that they were turning the lights off in the building and we were rolling the tables back into the church. And I thought, if the lights are off, I can make a beeline out through the exit with nobody spotting me. I was that weird one, I thought. But as the lights were being switched off, I noticed a couple at the back of the room and one of my friends, Phil, came running towards me. He said, you see that couple? You see that lady? She came in at the end of the meeting. She couldn't attend because she had such bad tinnitus that she couldn't attend the meeting. She'd had to quit her job because she was unable to do her job because she couldn't be in a public place with sound because the tinnitus, which is basically like a loud ringing in your ears, was so loud, she was weeping with frustration. And the doctors had said they couldn't do any more. They'd tried and they couldn't do any more for her. When he heard this story, faith, he had faith because he'd heard this prophetic word from this strange girl who disappeared and was hiding in the kitchen. But he had faith... And he prayed, and instantly she was healed. Do not be afraid. I am your shield. I am your great reward. I felt like I should tell this story because I felt that perhaps there's people here who've had done amazing acts of faith, and perhaps you're in the kitchen washing the plates, like Abraham was, struggling. And I want to encourage you that God said, I am your shield. Do not be afraid. I am your great reward. He's almost saying, come on. Get out of the kitchen. Come on. Come see my faithfulness. He is your helper even when you struggle. God is your helper, and he comes alongside you as well. You know, I was driving home recently in the car. I'd had a really, really long day at work. I was quite stressed, and I was coming from Leith, and I have to do this really awkward drive across Princess Street, and I'm sure I have to change lanes at least seven times before I get to the end. And I was kind of predicting, I thought, well, there'll be probably two taxis here, so if I get into that lane before, then I'm unlikely to meet that taxi at the front, and then I have to, yeah, anyway. As I was doing that, I just felt the presence of God in the car, and I heard God's audible voice, and this has only happened a few times in my life. And what he said was, Hannah, I just want you to know how proud I am of you. It always makes me emotional. I'm so proud. And I remember, like, you know, he could have talked to me about anything. This is God, the awesome, infinite God. You know, he could have talked to me about my life future and my, you know, my, my destiny. But he came to speak to me about my driving. <laughs> And he came, and I know there's nothing I could do to make God love me more. 
There's nothing I could do to make him more proud of me. Nothing because of what Jesus has done. But he's still the infinite God popped into my little blue mini to tell me he was proud. Because he knew (laughs) my fear with the driving. And he had been my shield and my great reward. And it was because of him I was indicating left, avoiding that taxi, then indicating right to avoid another thing. And I was actually driving. And I'd forgotten that walk of faith that I had gone through. And I just worshipped him all the way home. And I remembered, God is your helper. He is beside you. He's the awkward dad at the football match that's screaming whenever their child goes near the ball. He's that kind of dad. We forget. Remember the God you're worshipping, who he is. He's your father, celebrating every victory, no matter how small. His love is unending. It's deep. It's rich. It's abounding. It will never end. It's eternal. And he is celebrating those faith victories with you. Don't forget the kind, tender-hearted God that walks with you in every step of faith. Cheering you on. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your great reward. Through him and trusting him, you can overcome and make incredible acts of faith in your life. So how, as a Christian, can I live my life in an uncertain future? Faith is believing God. Simple. (laughs) Faith is letting go of earthly things and trusting in God completely, allowing that peace to rush in. And God is your kind-hearted, tender, loving helper with you every moment and in every step. Shall we pray? (laughs) Let's stand. I just feel perhaps there are some people here who, like Abraham, stepped out in faith, or perhaps in the past or recently. And um, I just felt prophetically there's some of you that feel perhaps you're hiding in the kitchen as a metaphor but you're struggling in those areas of faith and you're waiting for the promise. And I just feel like God wants to say over you, do not be afraid. I am your shield. I am your great reward. Come out of that kitchen and see what I can do with your life. Come out of that place and see what astonishing things I can do with your life. I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit um, 
ministers to you. Are you okay to bring Father, we just pray for all of us here that are in that place of waiting for a promise, waiting for things in our life that you've promised over us. And perhaps we've stepped out before, but we just pray, God, for courage to come out of that kitchen and to get back onto that adventure again, that amazing adventure. Spirit of God, would you be with us in this moment as we press into things and the promises you have over us, Lord Jesus. I also feel there's perhaps a group of you that um, it struck a chord when I was talking about that relief of letting go of holding on to life circumstances and you're longing for that peace that goes beyond all understanding. So I'm just going to pray for that, if that's you. Father, we just pray that your spirit would be upon us, that we would, you would help us lift our heart off life circumstances and only into you, Lord Jesus. That your spirit would be upon us to let go and to lean on the Father, the tender-hearted Father that you are to trust in you completely and wholly in everything that you are. Father, I thank you for this amazing run and race of faith, that we, this race that we run and stepping out in faith and believing you, Father. What an adventure it is. And Lord, we lift this up to you, Father. Encourage us. <laughs> Speak to us, Father. As we step out in faith, give us courage once more and boldness. Father, thank you that you're a loving Father, a loving helper, a tender hearted God who is with us every step of the way. Amen. <laughs>